Welcome to Pockets, a podcast exploring the pockets of movies and life. Thanks for joining us on our third episode. I'm Jennifer, and I'm joined by my dear friend Fabian. Fabian. How are you doing today, love? I'm good, honey. How are you? I'm good. You Thank good you. Day? Good day. Having a good, busy day. Yes. Good. Lots of things done. Um, my shoulder's killing me, but that's, you know, Absolutely. just aging. I, I turned 53, and it's all fallen to shit. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Wait till you're 58. You just wait. This week has been knees, ankles, and wrists. I was at Target on Saturday picking up a coffee maker, and my wrists were throbbing from picking up a two-pound coffee maker. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm I'm blaming it on the weather. I'm blaming it on the weather. All right. Shades of things to come for fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So fun. So fun. Oh, dear, dear, dear. All right. Let's get right to it. We're going to start our our odd stories. Babe, you're going to go first. All right. It's a really fascinating one. Japanese researchers have developed a... Listen to this. Have developed a device that will play back your dreams in video sequence. They can record and playback dreams in video format using advanced brain imaging and machine learning algorithms. Can you freaking imagine? No, I can't I imagine can't. because I have imagined. I'll tell you why. <laughs> this technology has the potential to revolutionize our understanding of dreams and consciousness. Let's try saying that a few times. <laughs> and could have various applications such as improving memory consolidation during sleep and treating mental health disorders. The device is still in its early stages, and scientists are working to improve the accuracy and resolution of reconstructed dream videos. The, it, it's 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 mind blowing, and it's a little scary. I, I do have, you know, I I love the movie Blade Runner. I really did. Yeah. But also, I fear it. Um, you well, know, you know, you're you're saying sort of the same thing people are saying about AI right yeah. now, or even Minority Report. Remember Minority Report, where they had those? I never saw that movie. You you should watch it. You should you will freak yourself out at how much of what Steven Spielberg and what the production design. I believe it was Steven Spielberg that did that movie. The production design on that film. How many of those things have come true and are absolutely real? Oh man, crazy. That's what's so, scary. Yeah, well, technology is scary, but. Um, we always fear something that's new, and then I what know, do we do? It becomes our Siri. It becomes, yeah, I guess you know, you're it right. becomes our podcast. It becomes technology scary at first. When uh, I guess you're right. I don't know what you know. Now that you say it, what am I afraid of? I mean, I guess it's because I'm such an avid old movie lover. The AI, the AI has the potential to replace something that's real, and that is what frightens me. I guess. Well, you know, it can replace, but I think it can enhance something that's real. You know, the argument with AI, especially with art, you know, I've been really, really obsessed with it lately. Yes, and I was really adamantly stuff. against it. Yes, when you it were. First, I was just like, this is the worst. It's going to end up destroying civilization. Mankind. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but. And then he downloaded an AI. Yeah, and then ChatGPT came along, <laughs> thanks to our friend, our mutual friend, John, John Brady. who really messed me up in a great way. <laughs> and I think that, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but I, I think that hand done things handmade films handmade photography using actual film things that are are made by human beings with a human eye and a human touch sculpture paintings can't be replaced i see what you're not only can they not be replaced but they will their value is going to go up even more oh. for the for and i'm not talking about old old yeah, paintings no, i'm understand. talking about working artists Artists today right i think it's going to up the ante for everybody to be better at whatever it is that they do 
because they're competing with perfection and humans are not perfect and we're going to be looking for that imperfection that you you want to see they called it the breath of the artist you know any kind of imperfection right, right, in something right. and I think that, that this can help with that. No, I think that's beautiful, and that is celebrating. I guess where I get stuck, and not to be negative Nelly here, but if the shoe fits, right? Um, you know, there's those videos where they can have, like, Obama talking. Yeah, and it's not yeah, really yeah, yeah. Like, those that's fake, where I get frightened. things, yeah. Right, but that's where I stay, and I see your point. Look at the positive of what's coming, because if you don't, jump on board, it's going to go right past you, right? Oh, That's yeah. what Peter always tells me. Yeah. Or you, you'll finally get to it, but you'll get it to it later because you, exactly. you fought it for so long. Exactly. But you, you will... That's how the machines are playing it. They're, we will all give in to them eventually. No. <laughs> oh my God. You will give in to them. <laughs> um, you, have, you have sent me some of your favorite um, uh, results of your uh, AI... Uh, and it has seen, and I know that when you were younger, Fabe, um, you, you you know you had some issues and some illness growing up, yeah. and, and it kind of aligned you to loving superheroes, right? For sure. And do you think that has a lot to do? I mean, do you want to talk about that a little bit, like your? No, but it does. Okay. It, you know what the love of the AI sort of has the AI has is that um, growing up without a lot of money and be wanting to do things like, right. I you know, there's, there's no excuse, artists. Poor artists that had zero money could do anything. If they wanted to be sculptors, they'd figure out a way to do yeah, it, right? right? But there were always resources that, that weren't available for some people, for me. And you think, oh, in the future I'll be able to do it. And then real life hit, kicks in and you're, you can't go to school any longer. And you have to work and you have to make and, money and you have right. to pay rent and you got to do can't, all that. Right. So something like this is sort of fun because... Again, it's you can tap it's, into it, right. and it's sort of going back to that childhood desire of wouldn't it wouldn't it be great? Whatever you imagine, wouldn't it be great if you know you think to yourself if Audrey Hepburn was wearing a spacesuit and she was in a movie in it's outer space, beautiful. and yeah. suddenly you can do it. It's yeah. that that spark of wonder that you have as a child is literally at your fingertips and you can make those things yeah you know at least two-dimensionally real right and right, right now two-dimensionally you can make them three-dimensionally real too because these designs i just did one the other day for clothing where i wanted the characters to wear very specific clothes japanese inspired future retro inspired clothing it's amazing you can hire somebody to make those clothes for you you can send that somebody can do it or wow uh, I wanted to design a phone that would look like what would a phone oh. a phone look like in 1960 during Star Trek times? How would a phone oh. appear? And it did it. And you can have it 3D printed. It won't be a working phone. Wow! But, but you can still, have it as a prop. Right. All of those things are doable. Right. Going back to this whole thing about recording dreams. Yeah. There was a film because it's what we love to talk about. 1991. Vim Vendors had a film called Until the End of the World. In this film, William Hurt. William Hurt. I always confuse John and William. William Hurt travels all around the world with this machine that he and his father developed for his his blind mother, played by Jean Moreau, one of the greatest French oh, actresses of all time. She's just... He puts this device on his head, and he it's a it's like a video recorder. And this is 1991, so you know video is very new. Right. And he can record family members talking and sending messages like we do now with FaceTime. Right. And then he takes it back to her. She puts, she sits in this device, and they put a helmet on her, and, and she, she's vision, she's blind, but she can see oh, it in her mind's wow. eye. She can see these things. 
the Way danger to bring it back, right? Well, the danger that comes from that in this movie, and I think is happening with AI and our technology, not even AI, with our phones and our tablets and our everything, right? Is they discover that if you keep this machine on your head while you're sleeping, it records your dreams, and people become addicted to watching their dreams. That they'll they'll sleep all day so that they can dream. And then they wow, spend they the rest of they forget right. to live. Then they're watching their dreams over and over again and analyzing them and trying to figure them out. And they don't go out in the sun. They're they're they wow. they don't take care of themselves. Right. They're you know the implications of that yes. are kind of what we see like with children now. Yes. Social skills start to right. falter. You know. Well, even I've read like in Japan, a lot of um, younger people aren't meeting one another because they're home on right. the videos. Right. And, right. And, right. Exactly. Interesting. So, so it kinda, does impact society to some does. extent. But it is fascinating that they're able to actually do it. I, I mean, can't it believe is it. Fast, I really can't believe it in this time. I mean, I thought it would take another 100 years before they would have a capability yeah. of this. It's just all happening so quickly. Well, and, and that brings me to something I do think about. Like, I think about, you know, I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but my husband is. All of so it. The, the, the William Hurt movie, Star Trek. Yeah. Does... Are they planting seeds of the ideas, or do you think the ideas were there and they're taking from them? I really, honestly, it's funny you ask this. You know, I'm fascinated with with 1950s and 30s uh, science fiction books and magazines and the covers and the illustrations, and they have things in there that you look at jetpacks or the way that the the spacecraft that didn't exist yet. Yeah, right. That are so accurate, and I really do think that once someone imagines something, it becomes a reality somehow in in real life. I really do. I think one thing inspires the other. I don't okay, think that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's copying. I think that right. people who are writing Star it's Trek or writing right. are inspired by these graphics, and right. they're like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. And then a scientist is a kid who becomes a scientist is ten years old, and he's reading. A sci-fi thing and they're talking about a communicator that flips open and you I can know. talk to somebody back down on the spaceship and now we have iPhones before iPhones we had flip phones that look just like those yeah, communicators yes. so I think that it does feed off of off of but it's all human imagination right it's all human imagination right. and it it's sort of melding with physics and science yes, all right. together and and evolving in, in probably an appropriate way yeah because I I, I thought about it I worked in IT years ago we hold in our hands in our pockets like uh, true full computers for it's sure it's insane imagine time traveling which we will be doing soon no I'm kidding oh. imagine time traveling oh, oh, oh. with one of these with even without the ability to use it as a phone just yeah. as a, a music right. player right. with photographs of your entire family right. and going back to 1932 right. and saying hey and check this out I mean it would blow Sometimes when I am driving on the highway, like listening yeah. to music, like I do think like this yeah. would blow People's someone's minds. mind yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I think actually I'm I'm glad that we did speak about this because yeah. you, it, it is illuminating for me to realize I don't have to be so uh, fearful of it. I don't have to be so negative about it and just kind of embrace the positives of A it. Therapist would tell you that you're feeling scared <laughs> about it because it's the dream aspect. It's not the technology that scares you. Right. It's the the the, the being able to analyze your dreams yeah. and what it might say about you because you could be really like because I've dark. had some crazy yeah. There could be some like all of a sudden you think, wow, I might be more fucked up than I thought I was, yeah. and it could be a lot of things. Yeah. That's scary for a lot of people. It's the same people who won't go to therapy. Who well, don't and, wanna... and you worry that will it be held? Again? 
against certain people in certain countries, you know, it could be used as... as no, you know, because I don't think they'll ever be able to prove that so. any dream is reality because our minds our minds aren't just memory. Our dreams aren't just things that we're remembering. We okay. make things up as we go along, That's right? That's a good point. Minority Report, you've got to watch this All movie right. because in it, it's predictive crime. They have these, these psychics that right. can predict crime and, and people are, are going to be sentenced based on things that haven't happened yet. So I'm smiling because my girlfriend from Wisconsin, shout out to Lisa. I remember specifically her telling me how she hated that movie. Well, it probably terrified her the way we're terrified about AI. Yeah. Because it's, you just watch it. Oh We're going to have a discussion God. next week right, about right. what you thought. You're yeah. going to watch it. You're not going to believe it. It's fantastic. Interesting. Yeah, it's good. All right, but what yeah, other right, story? We all right, your... I'm sorry, we could really go all oh, day. Oh, I could all day. Um, you know I could. All right, so this one's for me. Um, according to Facts Daily on Instagram, people who get goosebumps while listening to music had a special mental condition that makes them extremely emotional to a certain kind of stimuli known as frisson. Getting goosebumps from music is not as prevalent as you might think. According to study published by USC researchers, only around half of the people experience shivers, a knot in the throat, or goosebumps when listening to music. Furthermore, such people's brains may be extremely different from individuals who do not have those sentiments. And I can I can speak for myself. I mean, uh, sto- st- wacky stories that, that I've you know talking with friends like. I can get goosebumps and. But do you get it listening to a song? A song comes on. Certain you can hear certain songs, yes. Um, I I um, I wish I could pull one up, but certain. When's songs... the last time it happened to a, with a song you you'd heard for the first time? You're watching TV and a sudden a song comes on, and all of a sudden you're like teary eyed and yeah. emotional and yeah. moved. Uh, well, I can say it does last happen. night that oh, John Baptiste movie sure. was insane. Yeah. Uh, the beautiful love story. I, I wish yeah. I could American remember that. American Symphony. American yeah. Symphony. That happened last night. Absolute yeah. goosebumps and yeah. not in the throat and yeah. uh, moved by the beauty of him, him, him. He himself, but his ability with music and the love story itself. The love story itself was amazing. But the music. The music. When was he was composing, there is a scene when he's on stage. Oh, and they lose electricity on the stage, yeah. and he has to improvise. Yeah, he doesn't lose his mind. He just right stays there and improvises and starts playing, and it is stunning. Or when he first starts those movements, practicing with with what's going to be the band, it was incredible and so. I don't know how to. It, it's, I know. it's in my cells. It's like he was pulling something out of humanity. And I think that there are people, I mean, I think there's a plethora of very talented people that exist and have existed, but there are people like John, people like um, Judy Garland, in my for opinion, sure, for sure. that can make for you sure. stop in your tracks yeah. and just stop yeah. and, and listen. And give you those chills. Like early Adele, like the, yeah, somebody like sure. you. Like when I for first sure. heard that song, yeah. Amy Winehouse. Oh, for sure. Her music to me is something yeah. that I would stop. But I'm trying to remember, I'd be working in White Plains, New York in like late 90s, early 2000s, and there was somebody, and I can't, it's a we'll, shame. We're Al Yankovic, I think it was for you, just kidding. <laughs> right? Wasn't That's it? him. No. Yeah. That was it. But it would make me just stop. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to, it was Billie Holiday. How funny is this? I would throw in an old Billie Holiday uh, DVD or, or CD, I'm sorry, in my computer. And I would be trying to work, and I would yeah. just stop yeah. everything yeah. and just listen to her voice. Yeah. And I remember when I was younger, probably around like 12 or 13, when I first heard her, and I said to my father, I was like, you know, 
it's not like she has the most beautiful voice in the world, but why is it that I can't stop listening to her? And yeah. my dad said, because it's not it's not the matter of the quality of her voice, it's how she sang the song. Correct. Plus, she had such a unique and... She's my all-time favorite singer of all time. I, Number uh, one of all time. For me, she is the top of the top. There, no one will ever, I agree. ever. Beat There's her a reason for me. Judy and Frank yeah. and you know yeah. they all adored yeah. her. But yeah. like that's but aside from that, I mean, yeah. Billy was just so like her whole story. Like, um, God bless the child. You Ugh. know, like she wrote that song because she had helped her mother through her years, and then right. she fell on hard times. Yeah. Asked her mother for help. And her mother basically said no, and that, and she became so hurt by that yeah. that she wow. sat down and wrote "God Bless the Child." Wow, wow! I did not know that yeah. story. Shoot. Yeah. Wow. And you just think, you know, then you think like, how could you be a mother and have a daughter help you so much, yeah. and then and how would that not, how would that not traumatize you? Yes. How would that not become? such a part huge of part your, of who you are absolutely you know? and it makes sense when you're you know? so generous with everybody else like yeah but when you need it yeah wow yeah the Ugh. human condition yeah. you know well you know just to take it back to what we were talking about earlier with the jean baptiste the film last night the the big takeaway besides it being beautiful and it's yeah. gorgeous right the big takeaway for me was you know you look at people most people look at celebrities and and famous people and say god they've got it made their mm -hmm. lives are so great oh my gosh. look at all the success Getting they all those have grammys that night yeah right. all that success they have and it's all relative they have the same heartbreak and stress and loss as anybody else as anybody else he carried all those grammys home yeah. to her being yeah. back in the hospital yeah. with her cancer yeah. like but this is a lesson for all of us yeah. you never know Yes. What, what somebody has carrying. back home. You never know what's going no. on, you know? It's, it's, it, that it's, was it's a, a really true big. Lesson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you could not have a greater balance of, of obstacles and, and achievement than you could see in that film. I agree. It was the a pinnacle of achievement. I agree. And the lowest. Fear of loss, of losing someone, of of uncertainty, face, of uncertainty. His face, I know. like just oh, so good. Uh, yeah. I agree. So good. Really, really yeah. good. I love that we both watched it last yeah. night. Well, I you made me. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I had to. <laughs> um, but no. But back to the goosebumps. You know, I I know that you know evolutionary too. Like people get goosebumps when um, uh, danger is a, is yeah. afoot, so yeah. to speak. Spidey like, sense. The spidey sense. Yeah. So I wonder if that's different because they're saying some people can, you know, it's regarding music and stuff like that. But I think it's emotional. You know, there was something yeah. that popped up on my on my Instagram, you know, one of those little headlines, news headlines or whatever, that studies have shown that people who don't cry at movies, who don't cry watching television, don't watch, don't cry watching movies, lack emotional maturity they find that people who who cry readily yes. are emotionally more mature yeah, and than the people who don't right i think so too i mean i cried watching the trailer for the for me too <laughs> i did too absolutely it's and yeah. you wonder if the musical notes have something to do with it you know oh I'm well, sure they manipulate they i'm the, sure they oh, do of course they yes. do they manipulate in a way that you, you but seeing him as the composer of 
you know, I yeah. likened me to uh, Leonard Bernstein, which I'm really excited I for that movie that, to that come movie out. Made me cry. That 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 trailer and made I me was cry a too. Huge, and you know, I don't know if he was if he was national or more of a regional star for me. But yeah. I grew up like he was just such a, a, a pronounced New York figure. Yeah, uh, no, I did. I, I did not know about him. Everybody it. knew about him. Wow. Yeah, so wow. I'm looking forward to that. We yeah, should go together. Um, all right, it's now movie time, and um, I think we're we're on schedule, which Ooh, is good. That's what is wrong with us? Which is good. Um, so. Before we go kind of, you know, just off the cuff, no real set um, topics to discuss, I was listening to this podcast and somebody just said, it was one sentence used and it reminded me of when it happened to me. So basically they said, would I throw that book across the room? No. And speaking about a specific book, and I remembered back to when I did stand up and throw a book across the room because I couldn't read another page of it. And because of what reason? Because I had put down my German Shepherd, and two oh. weeks later I started reading The Art of Dancing in the Rain with, I don't know if you've seen the movie or read the book, but it's about the old dog with no. the hips, and, oh, the, and it's no. narration from the dog. I, I just, of course I, not. I threw it across, and then it was years, it was literally 10 or 15 years, and then the movie came out, and I was like, all right, maybe I'll be able to watch the movie. And of course... Talking about crying, sobbed, like (laughs) sobbed. But did that ever happen to you when you were reading a book of any or of any kind, or even watching a movie? I can't read books, certain books out loud. I'll try reading them to to my husband. And we were on vacation in where were we? I think we were in Fiji, and I had brought The English Patient, one of my favorite films. I love that film. And then I saw, oh, it's on paperback. I'm going to take it with me. I want to read it. I would love to read the book. Right. And I try reading a passage, and I I cannot, my my throat, and I, I can't read it out loud. I do that all the time. I did that, I did that last night. I'm so, I was so embarrassed. Reading a quote from um, Nick Cave's book about loss <gasps> and about compassion. Oh. And it... I'm, I'm like, this is so beautiful, honey. You got to hear this, right? And oh, I'm reading yes. it. Yes. And he's looking at me like, are you ever going to finish that sentence? And I, he's not mean and he's no, kind, but I'm so but embarrassed. So in- I'm so embarrassed because my my, I talk like a girl now, but when I'm about to cry, it goes up about eight <sighs> octaves. And it's, and you know, he's got to, and then he's got to, you know, Kiss this. He's like, what happened to my husband? Where'd she come from? So there's that. I remember Mel Brooks talking about his his Yiddish family singing, and he said they would always start like a few octaves too high, so that by the end of the song they were like they're all breathless. (laughs) I do that with Happy Birthday. I hate. I fucking hate singing Happy Birthday. Do you know it is. For me, the hardest song of all time. <laughs> Happy birthday is a hard song. To, I cannot, cannot sing it to save my life. I can't. I always have to let somebody else start, and then I'll just follow to you. It's like the to you part. I cannot do the other part. I hate it. Oh my god, I hate it. I don't know why. Oh I cannot my do it. All right. I'm gonna call it the Mel Brooks syndrome. <laughs> yes. Now we have a name. I'm gonna find that clip and yeah. send it to you. Um, how about a movie? So con- con- continuing on my on my downward spiral, a few days after I put the German Shepherd down, I had a hysterectomy, and during my uh, you know uh, you know when you're recuperating, recuperating and, yeah. 
I've lost the ability to find language at the age of 53. Um, someone recommended that I watch the movie Up with Ed Asner. Um, uh, and the the remember, animated. Yeah. The animated and Disney she movie. She couldn't have children. <laughs> and I just remember like 20 minutes in, I just looked at my husband yeah. and I'm like, we're not going to be able to do this. <laughs> this isn't going to work. So, yeah. um, I, but well, years later, I did see it. some things that hit home. At that time. At the wrong time. At the wrong, at the wrong time. And then sometimes at the right time. Like, yeah. I watched the movie. Um, I, I was in San Francisco. And sorry to be making this all about me. No, but I was in San Francisco great. shortly after I moved uh, here to California. And it was rough. I, I Culturally, I was struggling, you know, just dealing with the different culture. Especially and everybody people. saying, what? I know, what? You're huh? so pale. Huh? Say no. it again. Say What'd coffee say? again. Huh? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, good times. You're so pale. You're so pale. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I, I, I went with a dear friend, Elizabeth, to see The Hours. Uh, and that was Virginia Woolf. Oh when I God. tell you, when I tell you, Jesus. this poor girl brought me to the movies. I was keening. I was an absolute <laughs> mess. But yet, it allowed me to release all of, of that course. emotion. Of course, that you were holding in and that oh, you needed. Oh, baby, and my God. That movie? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's a movie I can't change the channel if it's oh, I owned it on DVD, no, of course, no. and people Ed still Har- watch Ed DVD. Harris. Uh, it, it, all of it. All of it. Julianne Moore. Oh, my the, God. Tony Collette. Oh, my God. The, the 10 minutes that, not even that, five minutes that Tony Collette is in. I know. And the whole thing with her and having her, her health issues and going full on and kissing Julianne Moore in the mouth and then suddenly it didn't happen and pretending like it never happened. That movie... That movie destroyed me. Meryl Streep in that movie. Jesus. Everyone was Alice, so Alice good. Alison Jan- Janney as, yeah, as her wife. Yeah, yeah. Destroyed. I was yeah. destroyed. What a movie. I, I walked home keening. Like, yeah. I literally yeah. was yeah. wailing. I bet. The I bet. weeping and the wailing. Yeah, it was yes. so good. So good. Nicole Kidman. This this was the turning she point for me. This was is where I remarkable. saw Nicole Kidman is not a celebrity as no, an actress. That was this the was, first time I yeah, I realized this, that this woman it. really she was so magical. Good. Miranda Richardson, Miranda Richardson, that yes. played her sister. I mean, all and of the it. man that played her husband, oh my whose God. name I don't remember, but I can't he was either. He wonderful. Was so good when she walked into that stream. Oh in the my end. God! With those rocks in her pocket. Oh, watch it, guys! Yeah. Watch it. It's an amazing movie. It really it is. is. It's a beautiful. The hours. It's beautiful. It's sad. But, and and I get it. I get. Sometimes you just want to escape from reality and have something be light and, and and entertaining. But there is something so therapeutic about really sitting down with a movie that's going to like gut you. You know? I prefer, if I have a choice between a comedy and something that's going to gut me, I pick the gutter. Yeah, I, yeah. I live in the gutter. <laughs> I'm serious. You I pick those. Up. No. I really do pick those more yeah, than same. anything. Those are my very favorite. The, the, I gravitate to them yeah. so much. I really do. We're just going to keep talking about movies because yeah. then, if we're on this subject, I just watched, a customer had, uh, had recommended The Quiet Girl, an Irish <gasps> movie. Oh, I have wanted to see it so much, Fabian. Beautiful this is what we were talking about AI, where you say, you know, AI is going to be able to create movies and it's going to be the actors and it can do everything. There are scenes, every scene, you can pause this movie, the little girl holding the man's hand and the way that it's it's selective focus just on the hand and all these green trees in Ireland are sort of out of focus. They're walking down a long, you know, walkway with all these trees. It is stunning, oh, visually I stunning, watch it. emotionally devastating in the best way possible oh. the best way possible oh. it is because it's real it's human emotion and it's 
It doesn't have, there's not one cliche. It's not like watching sometimes, you know, American movies, even yeah. their dramas, I, can have so many cliched yes. things. The characters yeah, are just, why I love they're rewashing the, the yeah. same character over yes. and over and over again. They just change that the hair color. That trailer was one I cried, and I have not yet seen the it movie. It is a but, beautiful, yeah. beautiful, uh, the oh. little girl, her first film. You know, remember how they always used to have those, and introducing, right, remember right. growing up, all those movies? It has that. It says in introducing, oh. she is spectacular. Oh. This girl has that ability. One look, one glance, one tilt of the head down. She just has it. Really, yeah. you feel what she's supposed to be feeling yeah. and thinking. It's an amazing movie. Well, to that point, that's what fascinates me with some actors. Like, you know, you have Elizabeth Taylor in National Velvet. Um, let's not mention Mickey Rooney, but um, like other child actors yeah. that really go on to become extraordinary, yeah. like Drew Barrymore, like yeah. really good actors. Yeah. Let's not talk about Drew's talk show, but the movies, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, she's not my favorite actress. I don't think that no. she's a great, I think she's a, a really amazing human being. She seems like a really down to earth, totally and that comes with through you. in her totally roles. Totally agree. That's why I think she's been so so popular, popular and people and she's likeable. so dear to so yes. many people and in her role she's so dear to so many yes. people because she's relatable and she's genuine and she's honest yeah. yeah she's honest even when she's acting she's absolutely she, you never see her be totally doing something agree. in her in her roles that is something she would she wouldn't do in real life what was the movie with her and Whoopi and uh, the uh, road trip Boys on the Side that's such a great that movie that movie was yeah that movie was that movie was really ahead of its time because it dealt with AIDS and it dealt with it was really so feminist and it lesbianism was, it had a lot of and not that it was the first movie with lesbians it wasn't no because and it was we will never forget was it called The Children's Hour please Oh, Shirley MacLaine, Audrey Hepburn, James Garner. Come what on. a movie that was, right? We need to go back. We need so to talk about that one next time. Those accusations, but yes, that movie was, and but that movie was also so criminal in the way that most it spoke of, to the times. Though mo- it really did. That's how it went. The character had to die. They right. they, they were villains. Yeah. The gays were always the yes. villains. Or they yes. they needed to suffer right. for being the way they were. Which you know it, it's frustrating for me because you know you, I thought that we really had come so far for yeah. the gay movement and stuff, but with the recent voting and the recent oh, yeah. like tide, like it's yeah. just it's it's scary to think that it, uh, there's a push for making that person a villain again. And yeah, isn't it, it crazy? It's just terrible. You know, uh, I had a conversation today with someone about you know these are such terrible times and crazy times that we're living in. I was reading today, same same blog that I was reading about the the, the Nick Cave quote that I couldn't finish last night, um, about I want to say Johannes Kessler Kepler. He was a 1600s, late 1600s scientist, German scientist. Had smallpox as a child. Had really horrible skin. Incredible story. Amazing story. Wow. Wrote the first science fiction. First science fiction. He was the first person before Galileo to say that we are not the center of the universe, that the, the sun, that we're not revolving around the sun. We are, in fact, not just revolving around, we're revolving around the sun, but we're also spinning while we do it. His, wow. His science was, was the way that we determined he was the first person to be an astrophysicist. He was the first, he was an astrologer for like, I don't know, some Roman whatever. Wow. But even at that time, he was going through things where his mother, because of his writings and his beliefs, 
was going to be executed as a witch. Because oh. the Catholics were, it was the 30-year war that was happening in, in Europe, and there was yeah. the Inquisition. If you didn't become a Catholic, you lost everything. They took everything. Oh. You were, And he had to live through that. And so that's not the only time that happened. It, it happened before that. It happened after. And it's happening now. And it's not going to be the last time that this happens. Hopefully we will get past this. Right. But it isn't the last time we will get past it. Yeah. And it won't be the last time. It, it, we, we are creatures of habit and we continue the same cycle repeatedly, repeatedly. It's very sad. But it's comforting. There's a there comfort in reading history. Time, maybe. It's, right. There's a comfort in reading history and seeing that we've come yeah. through it. Sometimes horribly come through right. it. But we've come through it. And hopefully we've evolved enough as humans that we don't have to go through the same the same loss. Yeah. To get I past do it. I do believe that the majority of people do evolve yeah. with each one and yeah. the majority of people are fine with gay marriage yeah. and gay oh, rights yeah. and like yeah. but it's just a, there are people who are just in, their whole lives are based in fear. Yeah. They're, it's even if it's not gay marriage it's it's uh, the woke movement whatever they want to call yeah. it you know this the the elite the Hollywood elite all yeah. of this Bullshit. That negative. is all bullshit. It is. It's just finding excuses for believe Their what behavior. they believe in right. to be real and true. Right. And and also, don't get me started on religion because at that time, this man, this scientist I'm telling you about, his daughter had died. Smallpox was terrible. It was really going on. His son died of smallpox. Also, his wife, his first wife died from smallpox. When his daughter died, they wouldn't bury her because he forgot to pay the clergy a fee the Catholic clergy there in Germany, whatever, he didn't pay mm. this fee. So he wanted nothing to do with any of this. He believed in science. Yeah. He knew that there isn't Even this... Even then, Fabian. And what years was this? The 1600s. Wow. I mean, it's... Yeah. Well, I mean, the Catholic in, in the Catholic Church, the reason they made priests celibate was because they wanted their inheritance. Prior uh, to that, sure. the inheritance was sure. going to their children. Sure. Of course. It's all... It's all... Yeah. yeah it's such greed. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, we could go on and on, folks, Whew. but keeping on schedule, um, we are now at our advice segment. In this portion of the show, we call ourselves the Agony Auntie and Uncle, and we respond to anyone seeking advice. As in our previous episodes, we've borrowed these questions from the internet for right now, hoping, fingers crossed, someday we'll have our own people writing in for advice. And you guys can absolutely contact us Yes. If you're listening to this and you need some advice, good or bad, we've got it. I've, I've got so much advice. Exactly. Any topic. Exactly. All right. Um, so the first one is me. So I'm going to go with, this one's a little bit long, so bear with me. Um, dear Agony, Auntie, and Uncle, I'm going to cut right to the chase here. She doesn't, but that's what she says. <laughs> my dad has married my best friend from childhood, and I am disgusted by them both. To give you some background, my mother passed away three years ago. The experience was really rough for both me and my dad. About a year after she died, I started to feel like my old self, but I could see that my dad was still really struggling. He had basically become a shut-in. He wasn't spending time with any of his friends, and he just seemed so depressed. Around two months later, one of my closest friends from childhood told me that she was looking for somewhere to stay after breaking up with a boyfriend. I suggested that she stay with my father and rent one of his spare rooms, at least for a few months. I figured it would be a cheap deal for her and would give my dad some company. The plan worked. 
They both bonded over their shared love of home design shows, and my dad taught my friend how to play chess, which gave him something fun to do with his evenings when she wasn't working. I thought everything was great, until about eight months ago, when they invited me over, sat me down, and told me they had fallen in love and were planning to marry. I was stunned. I had no idea what to say other than what the actual fuck. They both tried to talk me down, told me they would never, they, told me that they never saw this coming, but they'd realized how much they had in common, and then they actually said I should be happy for them because I was the one who brought them together. I walked out, and I've never been back. They've tried calling, texting, and my friend even turned up at my house, but I've refused to speak to either of them. Then, a couple of months ago, they sent me a wedding invitation. I refused to go and sent them both an email, again, making clear my disgust over their relationship and telling them I can't have them in my life if they're going to continue with this relationship. Apparently, neither of them cared because this past weekend they got married without me there and apparently without a care in the world. I'm so hurt and betrayed by both of them and hate the fact that they've chosen each other over me. I hate myself for ever putting myself, for ever putting them together in a room. How can I make them see that they are ruining all of our lives from hurt and betrayed? <sighs> Jesus, Lord. Jesus, Lord. I'm hoping everybody who's hearing this hears this exactly the way she's saying it. It's all her. Me, me, mm-hmm. me. They're just, doesn't care about the fact that How they... can I make them see they're ruining all our lives? No, babe. Just your life. Yeah. Just your life. They're happy. They're beyond happy. And then she acts all hurt that they didn't invite her to the wedding, but then she... No, they did. She said she refused to go. Oh, that's right. That's right. But she's she's hurt that they got married anyway. anyway. Like, she is so important that, oh, wait, if I'm not there, they're not going to get married. Yeah. Of course they're going to get married. This woman is ridiculous. I'm assuming it's a woman. I'm it is a woman. Yes, it it's her is. friend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she she's is, ridiculous. She's just, it's she's trying to act all altruistic in the beginning, right? Putting these poor souls together, but then these wait poor a minute. So- you know what? Putting the poor souls together. She sees that her dad is not doing well after a year. He's still struggling, and so what does she do? She's like, you know what? I got a friend that needs a place. Why don't you go? Because I don't have the time yeah, to spend really time with my dad. Point. Why isn't she spending evenings with her dad? You know, watching you know home decor shows yeah, that he loves so really much. Yeah, that's a really good point. Work with she. Did, yeah. So what? She's dumping somebody on him. Right. Like you know, what's a win-win? Here yeah. we go. She needs yeah, a place. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna have company. Yeah. You know what? The, the, this is a very self-centered person, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we don't have the whole story, but to me, you know, it's kind of like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> but she's very self-centered. That's what I think. No, I agree. I agree with you. Um, and. I have to say that... I'm happy for them. I think that's great. I'm thrilled for them that they they found each other. I agree. And, you know, it takes all kinds. And, you know, for yes, sure. I get that it's your father. You know, I put myself in her place. Would it be awkward? Let's say... She's using the one words of my... disgusted. Yeah. A lot. I mean, that's... Disgusted. That's I mean, You're this right. is... You know, that yes, is... My she's... disgust over their relationship. Yes. Because I think all she's thinking about is the fact that they're having sex. She's thinking about... Her older father with someone who's her age. I don't know what she... she disgust is a really big Strong. Yeah. I agree. And this is how she's seeing their relationship. Yeah. That's how she's seeing them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have sympathy for her at all. No. I really don't. So I guess our advice would be, like, chill out. Take some stock into yourself. 
question what your motives here are because I think you're looking at this a little too selfishly. And, and how and is this making her unhappy? How is seeing her father happy with someone that loves him and he loves? How is that making her life unhappy? How is that ruining her life? Very good point. How right. is it ruining if, her if, life? If his life what is only is happier, that wouldn't yeah. that make in turn yeah. hers happier? Yeah. And her friend as well. And the fact that they were honest in the beginning and sat her down and said, look, this is what's happened. This is what we're feeling. But no one's going to ask us for advice after I said this, right? No one's going to ask for advice if I'm saying this woman is completely self-centered and screw oh, her. I'm like, trying. who's going to ask for advice? No one. That's why I'm trying to bring it so, so to, but I can't so, to help an, it. so to answer oh. your question, you whore. Um, <laughs> no, to answer your question, you're being too selfish here. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. you should maybe take some time, but consider giving your father and your friend an apology. And yeah. they have every right to their own happiness. Yeah. Or and just try seeing it from their, their point, point of, view, of view, not yours. Yeah. See it from their point of view yes. and see what, what this means for them. Right. This is not about you. And, and she's yeah. taking it personally. She, very much she's so. Taking it Making it all about herself. Yeah. Like, yes. it ha- like they're, they're punishing her somehow. Right. And it's not that at all. No, I agree. All right. Next question for our agony, auntie, and uncle segment. Fabe, I haven't... Oh, this is me. Fabe! <laughs> Fabe, it's me talking. I forgot about this. I have an elderly mom who's currently living by herself. This is a difficult one for me. I really can relate to this. Oh. I have an elderly mom who's currently living by herself. We've always had a difficult relationship due to her controlling and manipulative personality. I'm guaranteeing her birthday is late June. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, she's a good person, but at home she made my childhood and teenage years as painful as she could. I left home for good as soon as I finished college and got a job. One by one, my dad, my brother, and my sister left her, and now she's completely alone. Hmm. She cries a lot and often complains about her loneliness, but she's unable to see this is happening as a consequence Mm -hmm. of her own behavior. In the past few few years, she realizes she doesn't have a relationship with me, and she has been trying to force a level of intimacy we never had. I do have trouble forgiving her because despite all that has happened in her life, she blames others for her own problems. For example, she says she's sad because I don't live close to her, that I don't want to be her friend, and it's Hmm. all my fault, never Hmm. hers. She's very difficult to live with, and I have to keep an emotional distance for my own mental health. But it doesn't prevent me from feeling guilty. Hmm. She isn't therapy, but frequently says the therapist doesn't understand her. Not sure what to do to help or how to alleviate this guilt feeling but which I know is part of her manipulation tactic Mm. from the troubled daughter oh dear troubled daughter well you know I also had a very kind of similar mom and it does impact you to your you know you're so rooted to your parents right everything a lot of facets to your whole life really comes back to them in a lot of ways and even the ones that aren't there even the absent parents all it all comes back you know it's true 100% so I feel like what I would tell this person, I don't know how old she is, as a 53-year-old woman, I would tell you to stand your ground. You don't need to feed her, you know, your mother's ego to make that relationship work or make it yeah. okay. In fact, I would actually tell you to look at everyone in your life who does fulfill you, where your mom is really doing nothing but depleting you. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You know, the part for me that, that hits me is the, the guilt that she feels. The reason she wrote this letter is because she's feeling guilty about 
the way she feels yes, about right. her mother, yeah. even though we know, at least through her letter, that this is consequences. This is what the mother set herself up yes. for. If she doesn't come to terms with the fact that she's the reason for it, then, and she might not, maybe she will. She's in therapy, so maybe she'll figure it out and she'll apologize, and then things can be a little different. But the power of mothers, though, oh, it is. It's but just... the guilt, the guilt needs to. Yeah. I would try shifting that feeling of guilt every time I feel guilty yeah. and, uh, about it. I would think pity. I feel pity for her. Yeah. And you know, sometimes the pity could make it. The pity could make it so that. Pity can also make you do things that, that you really shouldn't do for somebody because you pity them. But I would rather feel the pity than than the guilt because this the person the, she's doing nothing wrong. She's doing absolutely nothing wrong she's by avoiding her. Her mental health, wrong. she Absol- stated it right there, and I understand how that is. So you need that distance. But you have to kind of give her credit. Like, you know, she's she, while it is very difficult for her to live with, she's she trying. is really trying yeah. to keep that emotional distance. Yeah, she is. And, and, you know, fulfilling her own self. Interesting that the woman, you know, says that the therapists don't understand her. I mean, that's, isn't that like therapy 101? Like, you know. Well, because they, they're going to a therapist to hear, to, 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 for this therapist to tell you what you really believe about yourself. Like you, you want them to. Right. Where, where's my language? My language is kind of I know. I, my, to, but, to, but therapists um, are not going to bullshit you, and they're going right. to tell you like it so is. And you, this woman wants to be validated. Ex- in, in that's everything. the word. Right. She wants to be validated for how she yeah. thinks things worked out. That her right. family abandoned her. Right. She did all of this for them, and now they're all gone. And, yeah. You know, and if the if the therapist might be saying, for example, you know, well, do you think that maybe the way that you treated them, the blah blah blah. Right. Well, she's not. No, this therapist sucks. This therapist yeah, is terrible right. because this person still can't they face can't. it, and it's obvious she still can't look in the mirror and face clearly what what she she's done. And the fact that she's alienated all of them, all of them is yeah. extremely telling. It is very telling. It is. All right. Well, we didn't solve the world's crisis in life today, but we, we, we touched a little. We touched on some topics. We got some imagination going about those dreams being recorded. And you guys AI. get ready for that. I know. Get <laughs> ready to lose days. <laughs> Addicted to watching your dreams. I am. I really would like to see my dreams. Because I, I have a hard time remembering them as well as, yeah. I, as, I, as I should. And I, the way I used to. Sometimes they're kind of fun and crazy, but other yeah. times I do wake up and I just go like, wow. Yeah. You know? That's wow. great. I want those. I, I love those. That's that's your inner you telling you something, really trying to tell you something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would love to have that dialogue with my inner me on a regular basis. <laughs> but it, since, you know, we are we can't really, for now, for watch now. that William Hurt movie called... Yeah, you know what? It's an interesting movie. You don't need to watch it. Um, Read the synopsis. I'll okay. tell you why. It's not one of Vim Bender's best films. Okay. I rewatched it oh, recently. Okay. And it is, you know, it starts off as a, as a, as a comedy. It's, it's like a, a, a farce. It's like a 1940s style, yeah, yeah. you know, rom-com where they, right. they, they're running across the globe and they meet each other and they escape each other and, right. and then it becomes emotional and then it becomes scientific and it just, it was all over the place. It was a little all over the place. It okay. was. Yeah. It was all over the place. Well, in theory, but the, in the theory, synopsis of it is yeah. great. You can read that. Yeah. It's fascinating. And more importantly, Minority Report. We're going to talk about that. Yes. Because honestly, I I want to watch it again just to see how much of that has come true. I'll watch it too. I can't even remember what year that was. It might have been that 23 years ago. It might have been 2000. I yes. don't know when that movie came out. I think out. early 2000s. And uh, how much of that is true? It's yeah. Crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's great. 
All right. Well, until next time, my friends, right. thanks for joining us on Pockets. 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 Pet. Pet Pockets. Pockets. And yeah, and The Quiet Girl. Watch The Quiet Girl. <gasps> Quiet Highly Girl. Recommend Minority it. Report. That's your homework. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Right. Bye. Bye.